everyone, it's Katie and Julia, and welcome back to Almost, Almost Academic. Academic. We're back in my bathroom for episode two. It feels great to be here. How you feel, Julia? We have a very exciting episode for you today. We are going to talk about finding the program for you and program mm-hmm. fit and how to decide what program is the right program for your needs. And this pro- this podcast today is especially relevant because our very own Katie just got her very first of many PhD offers, and we are so proud of her. Woo! <laughs> so Katie is going to be utilizing these tips. She mm-hmm. already did make a decision for her master's, right? And, I mean, you do make a decision for undergrad, so... Yeah, so, some of these can apply, um, not as many specific ones, but... Yeah. These are, a lot of these are good, just maybe, like, life lessons, who knows, maybe even, like, jobs. Yeah. We don't know anything about that, but... Yeah, we have definitely never left the ivory tower, unfortunately. (laughs) But I'm sure these could also be applicable to that. Yes. Um... Yeah, so Julie and I have different perspectives. Obviously, I will be where she is soon. But Julia can speak to more PhD. I can speak to more master's. I can say what, maybe like what's changed between um, the last time we applied and this time. Because I feel like we could say maybe we both were. A little more naive to things. Oh, definitely. He's like, it was new. Yeah. We didn't know, so. So I would say, so for me, I applied, we both applied from undergrad. And so I applied to both master's and PhD programs in case master's was kind of a backup and PhD was sort of my goal at the time. Um, And PhD applications are due typically before master's applications are due. And so you typically hear a little earlier. Um, and so by the time I had received, I did end up interviewing for one master's program, I believe. And by the time I had gotten more master's interviews, I had already um, gotten PhD offers. And so I wasn't considering the master's anymore. So I um, basically just nixed that avenue altogether. But um, in the end, So originally I had thought that if a PhD accepts me, I will literally go anywhere. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where it is, what it is, you know, I was like, I'll go anywhere. And that is definitely the wrong attitude, I would say. I think when you're so, it's so new and fresh and scary, um, it's hard not to think that way. But now I would definitely not give someone that advice to just apply, to kind of just do whatever. I think... There are variables that play a role that we're going to talk about today that are definitely important in making sure you're able to get the best out of the program, the most out of the program, and that it's the best fit for you. I think I also had that um, mindset, but I did get accepted into the PhD school program. Um, I guess it was a little different because... It was, like, a private one, so instead of funding, like, you had to pay for it. But I definitely had that mindset, too, and I rejected it. Yeah, and so 
Which was such a good decision. A great decision. Amazing. One of the better ones, I Thank agree. God. I know. I had actually forced. Forced her. I forced you. I was in <laughs> a hostile bunk bed in London. And Julia made me apply. I had to send emails to my letters of rec writers and be like, surprise, B word, like, because, we're applying. Because this program was a clinical psychology program, which, which now neither, us, neither of disgusting. us want to be clinical psychologists. That, amazing. We are Good just, for you. We take our jobs home. We are those types of people. We cannot. That is not also like for that week. I'm not nice enough, Katie. No, I would like be in therapy, and I'd be like, "Can we just like get it together? Oh, chop, chop." I would be like yelling. Yeah, we are not um, cut out to be clinical psychologists, and so I knew going into that application that I wanted to take a health um, approach, and they had an emphasis in health, and they also had an emphasis mm-hmm. in forensics, which is why I convinced Katie to apply. Um, or was it an emphasis in health? It was some sort of health approach that I was comfortable with, quote-unquote, at the time. But I knew regardless I would take um, a research avenue with it. I keep saying avenue. Um, but even when I was at the interview and they were um, giving us tours and of the clinical center, do you remember that? Yeah. I was so out of place. You know, I was like, this is great, but this is not for me. I don't even know what questions to ask. I was trying to, like, talk myself into liking it. Yeah. I was like, no, you can do this. Like, it's a PhD program. Yeah, like, we'll do anything for it, but mm-hmm. no. I would definitely not give that advice nowadays. Absolutely not. Yeah, so... Long story short, I convinced Katie to apply because I knew it was not a funded program, which means it's easier for us to get in. And at the time, we were very desperate and willing to do anything. And so we had applied to that, and we both ended up getting in, and we both ended up rejecting it, which was the best decision for us. So going back to my applications, I would say I ended up with a few different PhD offers, and I was kind of weighing them and... Going into it originally, I never really had a top choice because I didn't want to set myself up for failure in a way. (laughs) Um, And I knew that there's a lot of like politics involved and that a lot of it is outside of my control. And so I didn't want to have like my eyes set on one place and then that not work out and be disappointed with what I do end up with. So I was very like, um, put this out into the universe and then whatever comes back to me, that's like. I'll kind of cross that bridge when I get there. Um, So I ended up with a few offers and I was deciding um, and ultimately I narrowed it down to two final ones. But for me, one thing was I felt like one program was very um, kind of academia based and I felt like it didn't give me opportunity to go into industry work if that's what I decided I did want to do. And at the time, And even still, I do think I want to go into academia in general, but I like having the option of going into industry down the line if that's something I did choose to do. And so I feel like my current program, the program that I did end up choosing, um, kind of can set you up for both. Um, And then I guess I'll stop there at program fit and we'll go into advisors after Katie's perspective. But yeah, I would say overall... There were some things I wanted in terms of 
first of all, they were both funded and the funding was different, but I wasn't after the money at all at that time. I mean, especially not now. Mm-hmm. We definitely don't get paid a lot yeah. by any means, but... You also don't go into academia to get to, the big bucks. Yeah. And so I think it was really just, what do I want to get out of this and what's going to set me up for the path I want in the future? Um, and then other factors played roles that we'll talk about mm-hmm. after. So go ahead. I think I was very similar to Julia in the law of aspects. I applied to basically any school that had any sort of second law, forensic psychology um, emphasis, like program in general, feel anything. Like every single school. And I, the first school that I got accepted to, I feel like this was kind of like my realization moment. I was miserable. I was so mad. I think I like cried. I cried when I got the 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 non-funded offer that I didn't want. I was upset. I cried when I got that school because I realized that I did not want to go there. Yeah. And I was like, why did I apply to the school? And then I had to start thinking, would I not go to any school or go to this school if it was my only option so I think that kind of points to don't just apply anywhere because it fits in your field don't apply just to apply it's Mm -hmm. a waste of time it's a waste of money it's a waste of their resources and so I applied that was the only place I got into for a while Um, I had interviews I got rejections I cried a lot more. Um, There were so many tears involved in this process. That's expected. Um, But then I, this is actually kind of crazy. I was sitting at the interview for my current school. And I also almost didn't send this application in. Because I didn't think I wanted to go there. Thank God I did. Did I force you to apply there? No, I think I was just kind of like, okay, like, whatever. Like, I'll apply. Okay. But I had to, like, mail it in. Oh. And so I literally was like, do I want to take an Uber to the post office? (laughs) Um, yeah. And, like, pay for this. But I was sitting at the interview, and I got accepted. I'll just say it. I got accepted into NYU. Great school. Which is, like, insane. I applied just to apply to apply to NYU, and then I got accepted. I was like, holy bleep. Yeah, holy bleep. Like, what is happening? I know. Like, I texted all my friends. I was like, I am the Blair Waldorf. Like, watch out, people. (laughs) Um, And so I kind of went into the interview for my current school with kind of a effing mindset. Which maybe was good. Maybe, like, I was so personable and laid back. They just fell in love with me. Well, um, maybe it made you more relaxed because you didn't feel like there was as much writing on it, too. I thought I had another choice. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it almost gives you, like, a little secret weapon in your mm-hmm. back pocket. Yeah, but also, if I had gotten rejected from NYU, <laughs> I would have been, like, a mess. Like, why did I do that? But regardless, um, I was sitting in the interview of my current school, and I remember the program director said, 
you can go to a school who has a PhD in that same field and you can work for the PhD students or you can come to like a master's program who doesn't have a PhD program and you can work for the actual advisor. Yeah, like you are the focus. Mm -hmm. Like get more one-on-one attention, um, get more opportunities. And I mean, that was the main reason I chose where I'm at now. It was heartbreaking to turn down NYU. But also NYU but is extremely expensive. And so I think expensive. When you hear, oh, you turned down NYU, it's almost like, what's wrong with you? But really, there are so many other factors that play a role. Um, so and it goes into, too, like, yeah, it's not, once, once you get to grad school, honestly, I mean, we feel like this way for undergrad, too. But especially grad school, it. like, it's not about the name of the school. It's about the program. It's about what you're going to learn, what resources they have, and we're going to get into that later. Yeah. But a big part of me wanted NYU because it's NYU. Also because it's, like, close to where I'm from. Mm -hmm. But it was a clinical program with an emphasis in forensic. And I wouldn't have been doing forensic research. I probably wouldn't have made any connections. I wouldn't have had any of the opportunities. So I made the right choice for sure. I definitely think you made the right choice. But um, my the program director saying like, do you want to work for the faculty or do you want to work for a PhD student was definitely the main deciding factor. And I had never heard that before, but even our experience in undergrad, like, it's so true. Yeah, my undergrad lab didn't have any PhDs, but... Masters. Masters, yeah. But I think that's naturally the people who are Mm -hmm. in a um, higher degree than you are going to get more attention than you, As they should. As they should, I agree. Um, But I guess that kind of moves us into... The next point, which is advisor. Yes. So I can start with this. I, it was very important to me, I would say arguably more than others, to have a really good advisor because I didn't have a master's going into my PhD and I knew that I would need guidance and I needed someone that was kind of like willing to put in the work into me. Like hold your hand. Yeah. And you know, hopefully I won't need my hand held forever <laughs> for the next five years. But I would say that's what I needed to learn. And so I needed an advisor that was willing to commit to me and my learning. And the biggest ultimate deciding factor between the two programs I was deciding between wasn't one was a state school and one is a private school where I go now. And so, yes, there is like, um, I guess, caliber difference in terms of the names, quote unquote, of the school. But to me, that really wasn't what I saw. I really only saw the program and the people I would be working with. And ultimately, the the interview for the program I go to now, I just felt so comfortable and I wasn't nervous at all in that interview. Um, It was me versus, not versus, but versus (laughs) three other faculty and 
I just felt so comfortable. I felt like I could make jokes if I wanted to. I just really felt like I could be myself. And they asked me good like research questions, I thought, like related to my goals and my interests and my past experience. But they also asked me questions that I think were more um, to get to know me. I remember one of them was, um, how would your friends describe you? And I said my yeah. friends would describe me as the mom friend. And I like when they ask that. Yeah. And one of the professors that was there was like, oh, Julia would fit right in here or Mm -hmm. something. And it just made me feel so welcome and so at home, I think. And, you know, I really wasn't nervous at all. Like, I think that was the biggest sign for me. And my advisor that um, or I guess I ended up with two advisors, but I had applied to work with both of them. But my primary advisor was very good at communicating with me and letting me know kind of the status of the application process Mm -hmm. and um, giving feedback and so I think that that was just so like important for me and it's that's not to say that the advisor I was going to work with at the other program was less than but I just ultimately had this gut feeling of what am I looking for in the people that I'm going to work with for the next at least five years but will probably remain in contact with for the rest of my life. And this was just, these were the people I wanted. And so to me, it was a gut feeling more than anything of like, this is where I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be. I think I agree with that completely. I think when you're making a decision, especially for a PhD, because you're going to be there for five years, it like, it needs to be based on the advisor. Yeah. Do you want to be miserable for the next five years? Like, do you want to hate that person for the next five years? No. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. (laughs) What? Like, what's wrong with you? Um, so I guess for master's, I liked how I was, the program I'm at now, I was going to be admitted to a specific advisor. And what that should mean is that that person, like, helps you along the way they're committed to you specifically, your personal growth, um, like your papers, your research, stuff like that. A lot of other schools, it was like, okay, come here, and once you're here, if you see a lab you like, great. Um, but I think for PhD, especially now, when I'm interviewing, I've had multiple advisors in my past I've had different types of advisors and you know what you like Um, I am not the person that can go a month without a response in my email you know like I don't need you holding my hand every five seconds but like hold it like once a week you know yeah you need someone to touch base with you to make sure you're on the right track to ask questions Mm -hmm. you know you need like a go like a tour guide of your program you really need you really need a tour guide yeah um and so i think especially this phd interview process that has been my main goal is finding someone who likes me as a person um we have similar mentorship styles. We expect different. We expect similar things. We have the same goals. Um, they're accessible. They're accessible. You know that really is the most important part, in my opinion. Yeah, they don't treat um, you like 
you're replaceable and they don't treat you like you're a robot who can just crank out unlimited amounts of things and you have like they have respect for you yeah they have respect for you they treat you like a human being and they care about you yeah um and I think to really get to know who that person is you need to really talk to them but also talk to their students yes see what do they have to say because students will be honest yeah you know like they're not trying to hide anything from you they're not they're gonna tell you as it is they're gonna say she's awful she sucks or like amazing only good things to say about that person like no one wants you to be miserable yeah hopefully I think one thing for me was like, Katie has been telling me a lot throughout her interview process about how the students, um, kind of, like, their relationships with the faculty and how they talk about the program, and I think, for me, I really only remember that being prevalent in the program that I did end up going with, and I remember, um, there was a student that was in the lab that I was joining, and she was talking about, um, her advisor, and she was telling me how, great he is and how he's like present for her and supports her and um I even remember she gave me an example of how she had some sort of injury or something and she had to take some time off and she was trying to kind of hurry back to work and he told her um like no no take as much time as you need you should fully recover before you come back and um, try to get back into the swing of things and I was like wow you know I I kind of didn't know what that was like at the time And so I think hearing the students of the program say so many great things and just the culture, I would say. you can tell when it's genuine or when it's like, I'm just going to say this so you want to come here to make the faculty and staff look good because like, you know, like I don't want to look good. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of felt that way about the school we both didn't end up going to. Mm -hmm. I feel like they kept saying like, we're such good friends, like, we all hang out, blah, 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 and now, like, looking back and comparing it to, um, schools that I talk to now, I'm, like, that was rehearsed. Really? I feel like it. I don't really remember it. I think I was just checked out. I just didn't really care what they had to say because I didn't like the program. I just knew it. She didn't like it, but she forced me to spend. But I didn't know that at the time. I was trying to look out for Katie's best interest. I can't say I succeeded, but I tried. It was honestly, I'm not mad. They had a mashed potato bar. Oh yeah, the food was insane. So Uh, the other thing I will say is, I think it was a good experience because it was my first PhD interview. Mine too. And I had to interview with multiple faculty, and so. You know, more than anything, it was a good dress rehearsal for my real ones that I actually cared about. Honestly, I feel like PhD interviews for me have been more relaxed than masters. I think you're more relaxed, too. Yeah, definitely. I think when I was applying for masters, I was on the verge of a psychotic break. Do not say that. I I, I had some. <laughs> Katie. I think, like... Like... I've been told by a professor that I should take a, can I say this word? Yeah, a Xanax. And, like, she was right at that time. It's just really stressful. But I also think, like, masters, they were kind of, like, drilling me. Like, yeah. 
I guess I cared more about like who I was as a student which like you should but also master's is short so you really mm-hmm. need to be in there like ready to work but I feel like PhD they're like who are you yeah like I want to just like vibe with you because you're also there for so much longer and there's way less of you and, I feel and like, you're more one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I feel like by the time you're applying to a PhD, like, you can see what's written on the CV. You can see their publications. You can see their conference presentations. Like, you can see all this stuff. And, like, you're not getting a pub or a poster just by, like, sliding by. I mean, like, some people. Yeah. But... I feel like at that point, it's really, like, do we get along? Like, are we going to be friends, or are we going to be at each other's throats? Yeah, we do not want that. <laughs> we do not want that. We want to love each other. Love our advisors. I love my advisor, and I think that if I didn't, then even the Like, I say I love my program, and I'm so happy with it, advisor aside, but if I didn't like my advisor, it would affect my whole experience. Oh, yeah. It definitely does. Especially for that long of a amount of a time. Yeah. I think... English. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think even if I was unhappy with the program, which I'm not, but if I Mm -hmm. was, but I was happy with my advisor, that would be better than being happy with the program and unhappy with your advisor. And sound. Because if you have a good advisor, even if your program is not spot on for what you need and you still went there, you know, that's a different story, but your advisor will make sure your needs are met. Mm -hmm. You know, like they will say, Katie, I understand we're preparing you for academia and you want to go into industry work. I am in academics myself, obviously, but let me connect you with someone who can help you with industry work, mm-hmm. or let me provide you with these resources. Also, because when you graduate, like, your grades, like, don't really matter anymore. Like, yes, they matter to get in, but, like, what matters when you're applying to jobs really is, like, your experience yeah. after. And if you're going to academia, it is, like, publications. It is posters. It's not, did you get an A++ on, you know, they don't even multicultural care about- psychology 5,000. I yeah, don't know. they don't even care about posters as much. Like, in undergrad, yeah. we would, like, kill ourselves to get on a poster. And now, it's like, do you have internships? Do you yeah. have experiences? Like, what have you actually done? Do you have teaching experience? Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. When you're choosing a program, look to see what connections that program has. Yeah. Do they, are they affiliated with, um, any centers, centers, you know, like research, outside research places, I guess for me, like any police, legal people, for you, I don't know what you do, like a hospital. <laughs> yeah, a hospital, a cancer center. Yeah, yeah, okay. So like, I think that's another huge thing because again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is what's gonna get you a job. Like, grades matter so much getting in. They don't matter coming out. Yeah. I think this is a good transition to when you said location. This is a good transition to, I guess, location of the program in general. Because when I was in undergrad and I was applying, again, I was under the impression that I will literally go anywhere that takes me. I will go to Jupiter. Um, 
And in the back of my head, I knew that that was not going to be okay for me and I wouldn't be happy in Jupiter, but it was the sacrifice I was willing to make because it was the degree I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say that I would not recommend applying to Whoville if you know you will to Jupiter. I want to take a rocket ship. If you know you will not be happy there. Here's my thing. I agree. I was not willing to go, I'm just going to say, to Virginia, you know, for a mass, I mean, there's so many schools. No, it is okay. To, to get to. We all have our place. Some people program. don't like California. I didn't want, but I am willing or debating about going to. Whoville. Whoville. The Midwest Whoville. Stop. <laughs> but like, Whoville in the Midwest, like, if you know me, I'm not very Katie Place. For the right advisor. Yes. Sacrifices can be made, I would say, but... I'd follow the advisor. I wouldn't follow the program. Um, I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. if my current advisor went to Jupiter, I would say goodbye, Earth. I'm going to Jupiter. Get me that helmet. Blast off. Get me this astronaut <laughs> outfit. <laughs> but location does matter. So, again... And it's valid. It's I think valid it's reason. so valid. I was really cranked like really drilled into me the advice that it doesn't matter where the program is it matters what the program is Mm -hmm. and what the degree is and at the end of the day I think if you're at this program that's perfect for you and everything you've wanted but if you hate your life outside of your program you will not be happy and I think it will affect your physical health your mental health and you won't be able to do your best work people always say like it's only five years, like, you'll survive. But, I mean, for some people, five years is a long time. Even spending one day doing something you absolutely hate is too much. But, like, I don't want to just, like, survive. Like, I want to have an enjoyable... You want to thrive. I want to thrive. I want to live my life. But, like, so, you know what? No, I can't survive anywhere for five years. You can't live in Whoville and Jupiter. You need somewhere that... You will be even borderline happy. Like, we complained about the city we live in now because it's just very busy, blah, blah, blah. We never really got adjusted to it, I think, before. But For the Roni. Before, yeah, the pandemic started. <laughs> but we're really not miserable here, I would say. Speak for yourself. I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. Katie's just an East Coaster. I'm just but East Coast guy. Over pandemic really put things in perspective yeah, they for did. us because we are actually so disappointed that this pandemic has cut nearly a year of our lives living in this city. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that wah wah for us. Like wah, wah. there are you live in this city for far the larger problems in this world, obviously. But what I'm trying to say is it did help kind of frame mm-hmm. our living situation and the city we do live in and we wish that we did get to take more advantage of it mm-hmm. last year and unfortunately Katie will be leaving us I am so sad we are so happy but I am so happy for her because she's leaving for good reason but I will be staying here and I'm not upset about that at all and, and Katie come will come visit. visit me and we will make the most of it here I also think you're not really going to love anywhere your first semester because you're just so overwhelmed. And you're just getting You the don't have time. Yeah. You know, you're like, what is this? Because it's not like undergrad. Yeah. If someone thinks grad school is like undergrad, sweetie, you're wrong. 
Like it's so much harder, such a higher caliber of work ethic, of workload, of responsibilities. And it takes a lot to adjust to that. Yeah. You know? It's an adjustment. So and we didn't have the time to enjoy the city. And then... Well, we also didn't prioritize it. So that was a personal problem. <laughs> we prioritized other things. Like CPK. Yeah, like ordering our postings. Um, Apparently we really exposed ourselves in the last podcast. <laughs> because multiple people have commented on um, our frequent food delivery and that's why you need to um rate us so we can start making money so we to can fuel our food addiction so we can continue satiating our needs so it makes us happy um but yeah time's running out yes i basically think this was this was a good let's, information load let's um quick conclusion you know pick the program pick it for you Pick it based on the advisor. Don't give an S-H-I-T about the name of the school. It doesn't matter. It does matter, but there are other things that matter. Yeah, That's yeah, what you should. Sure. It's not an... <laughs> I think <laughs> I think my takeaways are... I mean, don't go Timbuktu University. It may be great, but... I mean, yeah, you should make sure if, if for your, I guess, desired career goals, if it's accredited, if it mm-hmm. has, like, the... Yeah, yeah you know, qualifications you need. But overall, advisor fit, very important. Program fit, very important. Funding opportunities, very important. Um, Are you going to be borderline happy for five years? Borderline is not a good choice of words. Whatever. Are you going to, are you setting yourself up for success Mm -hmm. in your overall happiness and well-being? Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. A school's not worth your, like, mental decline. Yeah. Nothing is. Nothing is. Um, and listen to how students talk about it. Listen to how people talk about the school. Ask questions. Ask Ask to talk to current students. That's a really good Mm -hmm. piece of advice I got, and it was really informative talking to current students and actually sorry I know we're ending things but I just want to say that my program just had um like a zoom for incoming students and um the faculty leave for that portion and I think that's so helpful because the students are able to ask things like just I don't know I can't think of anything but just like more personal students even ask like like what do you guys do in your free time are there bars to go to I want to be like or they're, like, insane clubs to, like, you know, like, blackout at. Katie. I don't know. Like, don't ask that. But you can be, like, what do you guys do after class on a Friday? Like, what's the work-life balance yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, professional yeah. questions. But yeah. you can definitely be a little more um, open. Yeah. And they love it. Um. So, yeah, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Comment, like, subscribe. Rate, download, follow. Apple Podcast. Google Play. (laughs) Spotify. Um, Listen to it on multiple platforms. Um, Follow us on Instagram at Almost Academic Podcast and tell us that you listen to this. Let's give them a secret word that they have to comment. Oh, my God. When we know. You know how the YouTubers do that? Comment pineapple. Okay, I was going to choose something a little different, but okay. If you hear this, comment pineapple. 
if you're our friend and you listen this far, text us pineapple. That's how we know. Okay. That's how we know. That's how we weed out who the true fans are. <laughs> okay, ladies and gents. Thank See you, you for in listening. two weeks.